that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to a slightly later edition this week of the Race Hour podcast. Uh, we wanted to do that because there's plenty of Christmas racing uh, to come over the next week or so. Um, I hope everyone is looking forward to it. It's myself, Dean Ryan, on the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. Hi, Dermo. Uh, Merry Christmas in advance. Uh, lots to talk about as we, uh, as we kick through the action that's to come. And Dave Weldon is here. How are you doing? Forget Christmas. It's Happy Leopardstown. Happy Leopardstown. Yeah, why not? Uh, I like that. Um, so, well, thanks for coming. We know Paddy this week. He was off hunting uh, during the week. Hopefully, uh, he's got. Um, anyways, hopefully, he's had a good time and he's looking forward to a bit of uh, festive racing action as well. Um, but obviously, he's not here. Um, a quick thank you to the uh, the lads who are normally on, like Sir Steve and Cass and, and Paddy. Um, sadly, not here with us. But what we're going to do on this podcast is no review of the previous week's action. I'm sure everyone is uh, well up to speed by that uh, by now. And we're going to look at ITV uh, t- television races for Saturday. And then we're going to kick on to the 26th, of course, um, which is Christmas Day for racing punters, really, with the King George and uh, action, of course, from Leopardstown. And we've got the Welsh National, uh, one of the favourite races of the race out, of course, the Welsh National on the 27th and supporting cards elsewhere. Uh, Christmas hurdles, stuff like that, Savile's Chase, Matheson hurdle, uh, lots to come. And we're going to do all of that. But first of all, it is Saturday um demo you know we've skipped all the preamble really we can kick straight into the action uh, have you had a look at ascot and haydock and what's going to come up the first race is a tricky one one of the old favorites is in here nikki uh, henderson's got mengli khan now when nico de boinville uh, dropped up i've been keen on drumcliff land the big race this year at some point i see um harry fry has got drumcliff in there the likely favorite is going to be sant davasi for the uh well the bang informed tom simon's team yeah dean uh, this is a this is obviously it's quite a decent race as you'd expect mm. at Ascot but the, the one I thought that kind of deserves another shot is um Saint Sonnet I mean we've discussed on this podcast or Saint Sonnet maybe I'm being too fancy maybe but uh we have a few times Dean in our um uh, podcast lifetime we've discussed that sometimes horses can just be disregarded because of a bad run or two completely yeah. and they just get deserted and they can kind of be a big price he, he's a big price here I mean Cheltenham Mightn't suit him the best, but he has run well there uh, last season, particularly in the Marsh chase. But the big field probably just kind of didn't suit him because in the Paddy Power, he fell when he was well beaten, but he was going well until he hit that third last fence really badly. And last Mm -hmm. time again, he was going quite well when he was effectively brought down by a faller. And Aidan Coleman said this after the race, that just the horse lost all his chance. Like, this is a weaker race. And seventh in that Marsh chase, running here off a mark of 146 Paul Nichols is very good at keeping these um, horses going because, of course, we're kind of heading into his his jab season now soon enough. But Saint Sonnet has just been completely forgotten, has been completely let go. And at seven to one here for a horse that they fancied for two big handicaps like that, he's still a good horse, clearly. And um, I think a smaller field here than what he would have experienced in the Paddy Power, a slightly lower grade, really. It's not as good a race, naturally. And uh, Saint Sonnet looks a big price for me, then. 
Yeah, I mean, if you can you can make easy enough excuses for those last two runs, and uh, like I say, maybe maybe Cheltenham just isn't the spot. Um, although ran well in that marsh, uh, Dave, what do you reckon? Yeah, I can definitely see the angle with Saint Sonnet. Um He's obviously well regarded. I just think maybe he was a bit hyped up after coming over from France and, and winning the way he did at Catterick. Mm. Um, but a seventh in the marsh is, is is good form, and Mister Fisher advertised that again last week. Um, but the one I like is for Hobson Johnson, um, Smarty Wild. He went off a ninth four favourite the last time at Weatherby. Finished fourth. It was a decent race, typical two mile um, chase. Step back up in triple suit. And I think, like Dermo, he's been disregarded because he finished fourth in, in, a, in a race that he probably should have been taking closer order. He's off mm-hmm. the same mark here, and he's about 10 to 1 chance um, with most places. There's a bit of money for him overnight, but. Um, I think if he can jump better, he jumped off at Weatherby. He just went too quick for him. Um, he was jumped fine at Ascot the last time when he finished third in a decent race behind Sully uh, Dock and Ita Third Gay. So based on that run, he's overpriced and I think he should take close order. Okay. Smarty Wild uh, for Dave Weldon. Uh, good shout for Sansone. If you can forgive those two spins around Cheltenham and super fancy for the Nichols team. Maybe one more run before the jab. It's only seven days, of course, since pulling up behind Chatham Street, lads. So uh, an interesting runner there. And I'm going to stick with Drumcliffe. I don't think this horse can get better handicap without winning. Um, Harry Fry's uh, nine-year-old in there, around nine to one. Ran at Ascot the last day behind Esquire de Guy and uh, was showing all all sorts of signs of uh, coming back to life. And this horse has been on the journey uh, back and forth from Ireland so many times. And they've gone for big pots. Um, I'd be keen on giving Drumcliffe another chance. I totally get the angle uh, with Sansone. If you can forgive it, could look a big price come Saturday afternoon. Um, that's the 150 at Ascot. Dave, I'll let you kick off with the uh, 205 at Haydock. I did want to um, throw a horse into the mix here that we talked about a good bit last year on the podcast, which is the last day for Evan Williams. Adam Wedge is dropped up. Um, there's all sorts of upside in that one in the eight-year-old. I don't know why we haven't seen it for so long, um, but... It looks like it will be back here and it will be close to the top of the market. Warlord, though, for the Tizards and at Road Power, likely to go off favourite, Dave. Yeah, Warlord won a good race at Haydock the last day. It kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, or even Dirty fell and there was a bit of messing going in behind. Um, but he, he won he won well in the end um, and that was a good race. He's been raised £7 for that. The horse that finished third, our power, has only been gotten up £1 and I think that's enough to... Um, put up our power here. Um, he was a good horse last year. He's slowly coming to the boil this year. He finished sixth in the Great Wood. Um, sorry, not in the Great Wood, in a Cheltenham handicap. Um, yep. Back in October. That was a good run. Slowly building up. Tizards are in decent form. Sorry, not Tizards, Twiston Davis. Sorry. Um, so I just think the rising weights for Warlord and the fact Tizards are they're, just, they're not holding their form at all. Like they're running. A horse will win and then he'll fall off a cliff the next day. I just think our power is, is a solid chance at 9-2. Okay, solid chance for our power for the Twist and Davis team of Sam and uh, Nigel. Um, Demo, which way are you going to go with this? Do you fancy Warlord to defy the, the rise for doing the job here last time? Yeah, I'm not convinced on on any of the front of the market, really, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I I just am not um I think this is going to be heavy Haydock again, obviously, and you know you you really need to be a like Michael Phelps nearly to kind of to win around here. So I think was this is a like obviously a decent race. It's not the best, and and the one I quite liked here at uh, is the outsider of the field, uh, Secret Stream. I mean, this horse kind of um, he won two runs back. Theo Gillard 
claims an additional seven pounds now, so he's effectively running off 126. He's won over this course and distance on this ground at Haydock before, which is a massive bonus. And um, he's he's a good horse. I mean, back in 2017, this horse was um, had chased home Mr. Whitaker over fences and finished just over five lengths after giving away a stone to him. So this horse has clearly had his problems. He hasn't ran enough. He's 11 years old now, but it's just that that kind of a race where you could just see a few of the younger types really struggling on the ground. And this horse has um, has completely got course and distance here because a good few of these races at Haydock, Dean, just completely can turn into just like absolute farces. And um, mm. this horse has handled this before, has won, albeit a lesser race, but he's waited here to, to strike and... Um, Root Jefferson obviously will be hoping for an awful lot from uh, waiting patiently over Christmas. So this could be a decent start. And this horse is, um, he's he's okay fresh as well. He's won off a, a break before um, and he could make up for, for lost, lost time here. And just off, off the mark that, that he runs off, it's just very interesting that he's pitched into a race like this because time is obviously running out because he's he's 11 years old. But at 16 to 1 with a, with a very good Seven pound claimer up in his back. I just thought that uh, Secret Steam could be working each way play here, Dean. Okay, Secret Steam um, for Ruth Jefferson and Theo Giddard taking off the seven. Uh, I'm going to stick with last day. I think if there is um, as much in the locker as I expect there to be, a mark of 133 in what looks a weak enough uh, class two before they go back. Um, chasing, of course, is uh, is super interesting and uh, we'll love the ground. So I'm going to stick with the last day and see how that one goes on. Um, the 225 at Ascot, uh, the race of the weekend for sure for me. It's the rematch between Paisley Park and um, and Time Hill from um, the last day, which was just three weeks ago now. And uh, and with a bit of added bonus in terms of main fact, this absolutely phenomenal winning streak course for David Pipe and Fergus Gillard are going to try and, and take them on. Uh, Dave, what do you make of this? I mean, is it a two-horse race? Um. Probably is for win purposes. Um, they're both two to one. That's fair. Both have question marks slightly over them. Um, Paisley Park was that just one good run on his comeback? Is he going to continue on? Time Hill, did he was he suited by the run of the race the last time? Is he going to step forward again? I just think there's two here. You can play each way. Roxana over three miles is still unexposed. She only run over three times, and she won very well the last time. She's an eleven to two chance, and at a massive price, Portrush Ted, he's the outside of the field. Mm-hmm. A fifty to one is an ignorant price for this horse. Um, like he's only run uh, nine times in his career. He won. He's won his last five, four. Sorry, he's won four of his last five runs, and he fell the other time. Um, yeah. he won with a bit in hand the last time. I know he's he's not rated in anywhere near the same parish as these lads, but there could be still improvement there. He might get rolling from the front. He might get an easy lead and be hard to catch. And fifty to one, like. It's, it's, it's an ignorant price, really. Like He should be half that, at least. So, on a value play there, I think Portrush Ted sh- should be shorter, and I'd back him each way. I can certainly see why they're tilting with Portrush Ted, because, you know, I don't think he was he was fancied at all. And the Great Trek stable was in, um, you know, poor enough form coming into the win there a couple of weeks ago, and he kind of dogged it out from the front, and there's plenty of uh, plenty of upside with them. So I can see where they're tilting. I mean, this race has got the horses like the World's End, who is just below the very top level at this this kind of trip. This will crack who's on, you know, I don't know. I don't know if at 12 years old, 10 to 13, whether it should be um, cracking on here. It owes nobody anything. Roxana is interesting. Main fact is the 
we don't know quite what we're going to get with this. The rating now suggests they have to go here. Uh, Dermo, a two-horse race for you, or should we have a look at some of these other ones? Yeah, Dean, it is a two-horse race, really, isn't it? I mean, Roxana was impressive last time, but that, that was a race for the horses who were probably having their prep runs, and um, you could see her placing, but it's between the first two. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. And um, Time Hill... Was obviously Paisley Park is three pounds better off today than he was last time. Time Hill for me did enough wrong, and Richard Johnson held on to him. But I just think he was worth a lot more than the three pounds, and certainly the the kind of length in the quarter beating. He, he held off a very strong stayer there, and Time Hill would have learned an awful lot from that because he was a difficult enough character last season. Was this year he just looked a bit more straightforward, but still, Dicky Johnson was kind of holding on to him. Um, he'll come on an awful lot for that, just as much. I mean, we're kind of buying into this. Uh, Thierry obviously uh, Paisley Park wasn't right after that race last year at Cheltenham that obviously was not his true running um, but Time Hill deserves to come on just as much as Paisley Park does and um, a 2-1 to one bow to them I think Time Hill is a bet Dean and I just I think he wins yeah, I'm, I, I thought I thought Time Hill would be clear favourite for this, but there's a huge army of support behind Paisley Park and we've seen Paisley Park do things that Time Hill's yet to do Um you know, on a consistent basis. So, um, yeah, I, th- I also agree. I think the price is very fair. The one concern I have is about how bad this ground might be at Ascot. Um, this race can often turn into a, a slog and some real soft ground specialists have, have won the race. And I wouldn't say Time Hill is anything like a soft ground specialist, but I'd be more concerned about Paisley running even up to the level around the last day until I see Paisley Park do that again. So Time Hill would be an obvious one for me. Um, and I, th- I think the price is fair. I just want to see probably the ground the first couple of races of the day not look too uh, too disastrous. And then I think uh, Time Hill can can come through and run well. I mean that is that is a cracking race to have pre Christmas, and that's the uh, the Porsche Long Walk Hurdle, the Grade One at Ascot at two twenty five on Saturday. Derma, I'm going to let you go first with the two forty at Haydock, which is the Tommy Whittle handicap chase. Always a cracking feature. Um, looks like we won't get the biggest field in the world. There are 10 uh, declared and, and jocked up, ready to go. And a couple of real informed types, Anthony Honeyball, Sojourn, and Nigel Twiston-Davis's Hill 16, who looks a bit of a revelation at this point, um, both moving up through the rankings. And uh, it'll take a good one to get past both of them, I'd say. It will. Um, Hill 16 has, has looked a bit outpaced, maybe, at times. And um, he just looks quite a slow horse. But like last time, that was a really good ride from... Sam Twiston Davis, and there's, there can be no doubt that he's he's value definitely for uh, for more than the one length beating there because he was just he was coming and coming and coming and then he just he, he went on again and um, he he to me he doesn't look the uh, quickest but he was just he was very good on the day um, and but I just thought that role again has Venetia Williams has really done a great job here because as we've seen with Paul Nichols getting all those horses from from Willie Mullins, these horses can be very hard to improve, um, you know, or to even get them back to where they were from, from Willie Mullins from whatever they, they do down there in close Sutton because he's clearly a master trainer. And um, this horse has has taken a while to come to the boil. He won at Ludlow last year, but he was it was a good win last time. And this is a horse we have to remember who was just over six and a half lengths behind Ronald Pump over hurdles um, off a mark of 129. So he runs here off a mark of 141, but he's well worth that kind of six pound increase for that win last time. That was really good. And at Haydock, a horse that gets out in front, handles the ground, which he does. 
Um, maybe has a small bit of a heavy question to answer, but he's won well on soft in Ireland, and uh, we know that soft in Ireland can be can be quite heavy. So Roll again could just kind of find his way out in front there, um, and has the assistance of of Robbie Dunn, who's one of the most criminally underused jockeys there is. He's just a brilliant horseman, particularly over a fence. And um, Roll again here, I just think at six to one or so, the front two are maybe. A small bit sexier, but we know Venetia Williams' horses tend to absolutely love ground like this, and he could just kind of get into a rhythm in front and not be caught there. Okay, taking on the, those front two, Sojourn and Hill 16 with roll again for the Venetia Williams camp with uh, Robbie Dunn doing the steering. Dave? Um, I just thought this was fairly straightforward. I thought Sojourn was going, was going to win, win easy. Um, mm-hmm. He actually rolled again, was behind him the last day at Carlisle, miles behind him. Um, like Anthony Honeyball is not one to let a handicap mark slip away, and they didn't that day. He beat amateur fifteen lengths. He wasn't entered up again quickly to run under a penalty. He's gone up eleven pounds. I would say this has been the plan. Um, no, he'd get the hip ground he wants. Three to one, more than fair. Um, I think think this lad takes a bit of stopping, and he'd be one of the best bets of the weekend for me. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. This has probably been the plan as a, you know at least a, a mid-season target for Sejourn, and they got the job done nicely on really bad ground at Carlisle. Um, Hill 16 is the one that concerns me because it just looks like a horse that is um, absolutely in a pump and they can win with how they want. And that is the one that definitely concerns me. Um, I think you never know with Venetia and this time of year what role again might be able to produce. And there's enough form in the book to put it in the mix for sure. But um, Sir John would be the bet here as well, I think. But I am concerned about Hill 16. And I do make it that kind of two-runner two race. We never went any deeper than those three runners. And it's um, there are a few horses in there that were winners last time out. So it's no gimme as it shouldn't be for a Tommy Whittle. Um, but it looks fascinating contest, whichever way you end up uh, landing. One of my favourite horses of the season and um, of last season and one that I was really looking forward to this year. Ran an absolute stormer in the, in the Labrook. Uh, the old Hennessy, of course, was the conditional. And that one uh, heads the betting demo for the Silver Cup at Ascot. Yeah, Dean, I thought that he's the most straightforward winner of the weekend. I know he's um, he's better fresh, but last season, what did he have? A, a, just like under a 30-day break between uh, Worcester and then winning at Cheltenham at 14-1 to when he beat West Approach. And then yeah. just kind of just over a month then after that, he went on to finish second at Newbury. So that was a huge run first time out because I thought, He'd improve from it uh, behind the clock cap. And that horse was just so well handicapped that, you know, you, you just weren't going to get him back. But he still finished ahead of I Wright, who was the right horse to finish ahead of on the day. And I just kind of, or sorry, just behind I Wright, but still it was a, a serious effort. And I think if clock cap wasn't in that race, I think the conditional probably would have won the race. I think they were to do a lot to try and go after what was happening up front. And so, yeah, I mean, the two right, it looks very solid form, doesn't it, by a runaway winner? That's it. And the likes of like Regal Encore and Espire de Gaia actually mean that he's in here off 11 stone one, which is just a lovely racing weight for him. Um, yeah. I know he's better fresh, but as I've said, he has backed up runs in the past, so I wouldn't be worried about that. And the only horse I'd be a bit worried about is uh, Coenta for John Joe O'Neill and John Joe O'Neill Jr., but I just think that the uh, conditional is better than him. He's clearly shown the right signs at home because David Bridgewater has been very patient with his horse when he's had to be and um, I think he should improve an awful lot for that run. And I just think a 10 to 3 or so, Dean, I'm, I'm completely behind you here. And I think he's uh, he'd be hard to stop. 
Yeah, he's gonna have to be. He's gonna be hard to beat. And this this smacks me of, of picking a pot. They know where they're not going to face any uh, Gold Cup types. They're going to collect a nice check, and then they can go again at the uh, at the big races. And I, I hope it comes off for them because uh, David Bridgewater is a, a, you know, a super trainer with a good chaser, and he's got one here, Dave. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with um, Dermot or yourself, Dean. The conditional, he looks he looks stand out on paper. Um, I wouldn't be opposing them um, at, at them odds anyway. If you got a bit shorter, maybe you could look for something else. Just to echo Dermot, according to it looks like a horse who could be on the improve. Regal Encore around Ascot. He's a core specialist. He never runs a bad race there, but he's up to a career high mark now. Um, but where the bear maybe might have a squeak, but he's pushing on a bit in, in years now. And he's got to carry top weight. And Flying Angel ran a nice race the last day at Aintree. Um, he might have a squeak each way as well, but... I think for win purposes, the conditional is the only horse you can really look at. Sounds like this Saturday could be, uh, it's a bit too late almost to pay for Christmas. Obviously, we've all done that already. But uh, Time Hill and the conditional winning would uh, would set me up. Benson is in the 335, Dermo. Is that the third leg of, uh, I don't know, pay for New Year's Eve uh, treble? Oh, oh God, it is. Yeah, I, 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 don't, <laughs> think temp, I don't think uh, £10 will... We'll stop this. I mean, we were talking before the podcast that the the likes of the Supreme Novices looks a bit windy this year. I think this horse can run in that because he only won his first uh, maiden hurdle on the 13th of October. So I assume he can go for that. I think he's good enough to place in this. And like, I mean, just, just to recap what I said on a previous podcast, I mean, this is a horse who finished fourth behind Israel Champ in a bumper. And then Connections decided that, that, that they were going to skip Maiden Hurdles with him and go straight into the Contenders Hurdle uh, yeah. with uh, Kay Destin and uh, Call Me Lord. So that was a big enough shout itself. But then for him to come two out, look like he was going to really uh, run away with it. And then he just kicked his jockey off because he's, he's a mad bastard, as I've said before. But they, have, they gave him two lovely ciders this season at Hereford just to kind of get him to cop on a bit. And then last time, he still showed that, that he's a bit of a monkey at times. He kind of messes around and everything else but he powered away in the end could have won by much further but Gavin Sheen gave him the perfect ride Gavin Sheen has kept the ride which is an absolutely brilliant thing and this horse um I can see this horse in my opinion being up towards 155 to 160 um I think he's a very good herder um he has the potential as I said before to really kick up a fuss and throw Gavin Sheen off at some point but he looked a lot straighter last time and Gavin hung on to him for as long as he could he'll absolutely love the heavy ground he's he's handled it many times he looked really comfortable in it and just at seven to one oh, I think he's an absolutely cracking bet I really do is it the case of uh, if he stays in the wings he wins if he stays in the wings he wins, and after that run last time, I'm less worried about that, particularly with just how Gavin Sheehan, considering he didn't have any acquaintance with the horse beforehand, but he seemed to really understand that, because even if you watch the race from from two out, coming towards the uh, second last hurdle, he, he's making up ferocious ground, he could easily went past, but Gavin, again, the horse missed the second last, which actually helped him, because he ended up behind the rivals in front, and Gavin never went after him, just kind of let him pick himself up again, because he knew that you do not want to hit the front with this horse, jumping that last mm. hurdle. He hung on to him and then coming towards um, after the last, there was only one winner. He powered away afterwards. It was a serious performance. And uh, I know it was off a mark 10 pounds lower, but uh, that's a mark of uh, 137 is most certainly not going to stop him today. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, he got 10 pounds for it. Dave, I'm going to come to you. Um, Buzz is a horse that got uh, smacked for a win at this very track uh, just three or four weeks ago and looked super in doing so. Uh, prior to that, it was just behind Scott Royale. I mean, this one is probably the deserving favourite with the 
mild concerns over Benson's attitude, although Dermo is trying to allay them as much as he can. Is is Buzz the one that can give Benson the race, or is there something else? I I think this is a very deep race, Dan. Um, mm. I think it's twice the race that Buzz won the last time, and twice the race that Benson won the last time. And I think they probably struggled to carry the weights. They're going to have to carry this time round. Mm-hmm. For all that, there could be unexposed and could be more to come. I have four on my shortlist. I'll run through them quickly. Arriva Dirty, who fell last time at Haydock, but by no, by no means finished with. Um, he won a good race at Weatherby the time before. Second and third came out and won since. I think he would have won that race at Haydock had he not fallen. He's seven to one. Um, lightly squeezed. Finished seventh behind Scott Royal in the Welsh champion uh, hurdle this year. Before that, he had a spin on the flat and he fell when leading at the last in the Betfair back in Newbury back in February last year. He's off the same mark today. He might not have won, but he definitely would have placed behind Pictori that day. And I think he'll have a chance as well. Um, Kid Commando, is, I think it still could be on an upward curve. And Harambe was only two lengths down in the Greatwood um, when falling at the, at the second last. And again, yeah. he was by no means finished with either. So I haven't picked out the one, but I think the winner comes from one of them four. I can see the angle with Benson completely. He's unexposed and he seems to have got his act together a bit, so he could have more in hand. And Buzz as well. I don't know about Buzz. I, I wouldn't trust him, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very deep race and it's one I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I, I, competitive-wise, I think it's probably the race of the weekend. When you go down as far as the likes of, well, he's at the top of the car, but Master Debonair's in there who could still produce something pretty good, even off 147. Harry Kimber's taken off seven pounds, looks super super interesting. Not so sleepy's in there. Botox has is in there. You mentioned a few others. I think Oakley's in there as well uh, for the Hobbs team. Uh, the ran behind Animal last day. I think they still think plenty of that one. Of course, ran in the county behind saint Um If you find the winner of this race, um, it's probably because you have this love of a certain type in it, like Demo does for Benson. And uh, and they do prove to be as unexposed as you think they are, but there's plenty in here who fancy their chances. Uh, 92 looks short for Buzz, and that's about as far as I'd go on uh I'm trying to trying to solve this. I'd be looking to take a price on something though. Um, that is the Saturday racing. What I might ask you both for is your best bet of the weekend before we take a break and then start looking at Christmas racing uh, after this break. So, um, Dave, your best bet of the weekend. Uh, you can be a, a couple if you want, but something just to tie off the Saturday action. Um, sojourn at Haydock and Tommy Will. In the Tommy Whittles, Sojourn, yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, Anthony Honeyball, Rex Dingle, 240, Haydock on Saturday. Uh, Derma, is it Benson? Uh, Benson is the nap, but just to give a mention to uh, one other as well, uh, War Reedy runs in the one o'clock at Turles on on Sunday. He runs here Mm -hmm. off a mark of 88. He's 11 years old, but uh, he's been turned inside and out by Brian McMahon. He's won three of his last four starts, his last two being over hurdles. His last win over hurdles came off a mark of 88. Uh, he's now up to 97 there, and he uh, he runs today, or he runs on Sunday, sorry, off 88 yep. with um, Philip Enright on board. Brian McMahon has really switched this horse inside out. It's really low-grade affair, but this horse is on a winning run. He could be an okay price as well, and I just thought War really there in the 1 o'clock at Turles was, um, on Sunday was very interesting, but uh, Benson is my um, my nap uh, far and away this weekend. Dude. Lovely. Lovely. I mean, there's plenty of fancy over the weekend, and um, likes of Sojourn, Time Hill, and the Conditional, and that's probably where my money will be going across those three, and um, probably no singles, because I'm glutton for punishment. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how we get on. Okay, fascinating weekend to come 
Um, and hopefully we, we point you in the right direction or at least giving you a few to cross off uh, the list ahead of the weekend. We're going to take a break now on the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And when we come back, it's all uh, the Christmas action, the King George, the Welsh National and uh, onwards. And uh, we'll cover all the good stuff at Leopardstown as well. So we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. And welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the lockdown towers of all our own homes, of course. Demi Nolan is here and Dave Weldon is here. We went through all the weekend racing just before the break and now we're going to concentrate on uh, Christmas action. And uh, you know, no better place to start than uh, the feature on Boxing Day, St. Stephen's Day, depending on where you live. Um, but it's always been the highlight of Christmas for me. You get the get the twenty fifth out of the way. Uh, you eat too much food. You wake up on the morning the following day, and that is Christmas Day because it has the likes of the Labrooks King George on the card. Three o'clock at Kempton. Um, one of the most obvious winners of the Christmas period for me is Surname. I've finally turned around, believe the hype. I'm on board. I'm in the camp. I think they have to go to the Gold Cup. I think what he did the last day. Um, just convinced me of all the things that I would ration the way he's not a Gold Cup horse. He is one. And I think this year, kick Klander's oboe and lost in translation and anything else that wants to turn up into touch. Am I right or wrong, Dermot Nolan? I'm not convinced completely just yet. I'm not sure how much he actually had to stay in that race last time because he was £30 a better horse by ratings than I write. And the horse in second, Vindication, is a horse I'm, I've never been convinced of, and I still haven't. I, I don't think he jumps well enough. Um, I think he's a grand national horse because Vindication just kind of jumps through his fences, which I think will be perfect for that. But I'm not convinced how good a horse he is. So I think surname didn't have to be extended all that much to win that race. Um, I'm very happy after this run that if he proves me wrong, I'm just... I'll concede, fair enough, this horse coming to Gold Cup. But You're going to get on the train if it happens this time round. Okay, that's better. That's it, exactly. That's so yeah. uh, the caveat is is that he, he he's the best horse in the race, but I'm not sure he's the best horse for this kind of challenge. Um, Clandes Oboe is a horse that I've always, um, I've always kind of disregarded too much, but I still can't get away from that thought, Dean, that these last two King Georges that he's won um, – haven't been the strongest with how the races have actually finished up. I think he's kind of like... say they were shite, if you want. I, yeah, I the you know... They were, they were letdowns for me. Is what they, they were. were. I mean, yeah. I fancied waiting patiently two years ago who could go here and, and he came down early and then, you know, the, the, the race completely fell apart and then last year, obviously, the loss in translation and surname both, both didn't fire at all. Um, so he's kind of like, you know, those really good midfielders that kind of teams love that they, they call them back home and carry in GA, they call them the uh, 60% footballers in that they're, they're not as good as the, the really talented lads, but they bring a certain level every time. And they're actually very kind of valuable people to have around because they, uh, they never dip, but they never do anything brilliant either. And I, I think that's kind of what Clandes Oboe is. He brings a, a certain level to the track every time. And that was a brilliant run last time in the Betfair, but again, still... I'm just not convinced. So I thought Manley is well worth a shot here. You know, he's he's rated to be very competitive here. Um, that fourth 
in the Gold Cup last year. He's very hard horse to make out whether he stays or not because he looks like he's not a stayer one minute and then runs on really strongly to be fourth in the Gold Cup last year and at a slow pace definitely would have helped him there. But this is a horse who last season was ahead behind Delta Work, whose Delta Work doesn't like Cheltenham, simple as that, but he's a very good horse on his day. He's won plenty of those races and to go down by a head to him, I just thought at nine to one, especially for the fact that Monley could just bounce out in front here and this track will really suit him. Um, he's kind of, he's a bit Silvino Conti-ish just in that he, he doesn't quite see out the extreme trips, but he's, he sees it out enough that a speedy track like this, he could just kind of bounce away from them. So I thought at the odds, uh, Monley from an each way point of view is a cracking bet, but um, surname is the one to beat. And he, he, he is the potential gold cup winner in the field if there is one. But I thought Monley just for this race on this day with, I still have a small few question marks over surname and at nine to one or so, I just thought Monley was a cracking price. Okay. Each way angle made and a case strong one enough made for Henry de Bromhead's Mona Lee, who looks set to be coming over for uh, the King George. Uh, Dave, you've heard cases made for two. What do you fancy? Yeah, I, like I agree with Dermo. I'm in the on the fence camp with surname. Um, he didn't have to do much off the bridle at Weatherby, and I'd be worried about what is actually there over this trip. Clanzobo was a horse I never warmed him, and to that fact, he had a very hard race the last day. I know Paul Nichols came out and say he was only 85% or whatever, and I would have brought him on a bit, but I'm never a fan of backing horses who've run on that heavy ground and on, in that type of trip at Haydock next time out. Lost in transla- translation, you wouldn't know where you are with him. Monley, yeah, I agree with what Dermo said. He could just go out in front and get a freebie. But I think Vindication has been running over the wrong trip Sorry, not the wrong trip, the wrong type of track the last twice. He was actually mm-hmm. going okay in the um, Ladbrook before um, coming to, to trouble. But a 50 to 1, I think he's probably gone the complete opposite way in the market to what you would have thought at the start of the season. Don't forget that he went off favourite against Surname in the Charlie Hall, um, which was incredible, really, when you think about and you look at that performance. Going back right handed, this is an easier jumping track. Um, I think 50 to 1 grossly overestimates under underestimates his chances okay live one there is a few other live ones in this race should they turn up and it's hard to know exactly uh, what will turn up but amongst the still declared are the likes of uh, black ops simply the bets alaho uh, san calvados melon waiting patiently demo a horse that you know you fell in love with and and of um it's like a long distance relationship though isn't it you never see waiting patiently anymore yeah i mean he's a horse who on his day is is very good. Remember that run in the Tingle Creek behind Undersaw that time? That was a massive run. You know, he's he's a horse who's he's just very hard to figure out his trip and everything else. Because I think that year that the Ryanair turned up heavy at Cheltenham, he he should have went there that time. That was probably his chance to win a big one. Um, but it's um he's a difficult horse to catch right, and I'm still not convincing him over a trip like this. I actually think on a two mile chase on heavy ground is actually where he wants to be. So it's um. As much as I'd, I'd scream him home, I just I won't be having a penny on him anyway. Okay, all right. Well, I think it's I think it's the big tester to convince you two that surname is the one to uh, to keep on side for a gold cup. Of course, when he goes and wins a King George, you'll have missed the train. Just so you're aware, um, you know, and and all those out there. So I think if you're going to get on, I'd get a ticket before it runs. But you know, maybe uh, maybe I'm completely wrong. I've just been been blown away with uh, the times that. That horse has proved me wrong. Where I was convinced Altior would beat it, couldn't do it. I thought Vindication would beat it, couldn't do it. 
and uh, and here we are staring at the King George. So um, super excited about that race. There is some obviously some great stuff on uh, on and around um, the King George on the 26th. Uh, why don't we have a consideration for a few of these? I can throw the races at you. Uh, Decatur Star Novices Chase always um, always a, a great pointer to move forward. A couple of interesting ones in here. Actually, one of them runs today. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof is running. Um, on the card at Ascot this afternoon, but we've got the lights of the next des- next destination, the big breakaway, Sham Blue. Um, if the cap fits, uh, Dave. I mean, the Caterstown obviously does tend to point us um, towards festival targets, and which, which one's top of the pecking order? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I thought Sham Blue just wins this um, five to two mm-hmm. is more than fair. Um, big breakaway was very disappointing the last time. If the cap fits, was similarly disappointing previously. Next de- destination won well the last time, but I'm not really sure how great that race was. Um, the Wolf Bright Forecast Ed- Edmond are not up to Chamblou's um, standard yeah. if he shows the same level of form that he did the last time with his jumping was just electric like um, and 5-2 to two, I think he'll take a bit of stopping in the chaos there Pretty keen on Chamblou then Derma I was actually keen to take on Chamblou here um, I know he's been really impressive uh, so far but um I'm not sure the actual depth of that race because I know Snow, Snow Leopardess um, has come out since and won, but that was a very different condition to that horse won afterwards. I thought if the cap fits was a huge price. I mean, mm. his first run he beat, he kicked uh, Fiddler on the roof out of his way, but we all know the Fiddler on the roof needs a much further trip. But next time, he was disappointing, there's no doubt. And I agree with Dave, obviously, from that point of view, but he was beaten by Pim and an intermediate chase. And Pim on his day is a very good horse. He's just a really difficult, he's kind of a typical Nicky Henderson chaser and that he can just really badly go off the boil at times. Um, like Pim on his, remember like Pim was a RSA contender at one point after a brilliant sure. performance and then kind of. Super highly rated and he ran really well the last day when the race just kind of got a little bit too tough. He kind of backed out of it, but that means that when he's on a going day, he can smash, he can smash fields. And when That's he wants it. So, to, I'd say they were very disappointed afterwards, Dean, but then they just kind yeah. of kicked, you know, but then just kind of realised, you know what, actually, no, this isn't um, a bad result really at all. So he comes into this with, like, experience of a really proper race and a 162-rated hurdler running here. And um, if he can eclipse anything like that over fences, I think he, he's very hard to stop. But at 9-1, to one, I just thought it, it was a great price. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if the cap fits is the value, certainly the market I'm staring at at the moment around that eight, nine to one mark. Sham Blue, um, right, your favourite at five to two. And there's questions to answer for the big breakaway. Who's it next in the bet? And so uh, that's going to be a fascinating contest. Always a great pointer, as we know, and a big target in its own right. What about the Racing Post Novices Chase, uh, Dermo? Um, Darva Star doesn't look like a horse that is built for fences, yet still figures pretty prominent in the betting here should it line up on the 26th. Uh, Felix Deji, um, and there's your mean Franco Deport, who probably has a decent future. I'm assuming we won't see Envoy Allen judging that it's seven to one and would be one to seven. So, what do you reckon? Yeah, this is a very interesting race. The uh, the favorite, um, I should have looked this up before I actually listened to or watched his races back last night, but uh, he's been really impressive so far. The William Mullins horse, um, but I'm just not convinced as to what he's actually done as in he could be a superstar but a five to four i'd be quite happy to kind of take him on at those odds i mean he's he hasn't achieved all that much um he last time there's there's clearly been kind of problems with this horse as well because that was only his fifth run ever but he won by 18 lengths but he beat fort worth texas at gorham park and i just wouldn't be overly overly fussed 
about that form and one so delicate you you have to take on a horse like that so i think um felix the g uh, waiting on the day because the price is more than likely won't change all that much but felix the g last time probably didn't get the credit that he deserved he um he's a really ferocious jumper this horse and he just looked a small bit off his game maybe but he chased down sizing potsy to beat sizing potsy and sizing potsy has come out afterwards and won a handicap chase off a mark of 149 and um, so from a novice point of view that's 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 strong form and um a lot of the other horses haven't quite got up to that form yet so felix de has plenty of experience he's a grade one winner at the entry festival he, he ran very well in grade ones he's he's maybe taking his time to reach what what the the yard thought that he can achieve over two miles because he was had that injury last season so he's he's been kind of gathering momentum um as this has gone on and at nine to four or so which i think he'd be a similar price on the day because the, the masses will will jump behind the old um wp mullins horse here and at nine to four i think felix she is more than good enough to um uh, to turn him over yeah um hard to argue with that i think he'd be the kind of almost the safe bet to definitely run right up to uh is best and, and give the, this anogenine, is how I'm pronouncing it, uh, a, a race to, uh, to to think about. Dave? Yeah, it, it's a tricky race. Um, Ruby Walsh did a, did a piece on the road to Cheltenham on Racing TV comparing the three chases that Eugenine ran in at, at Gorn on the card that day. And basically, Animix won and there was a handicap of, over the same distance. And Eugenine beat them all by a bit of fence. So it was very taken performance. Now, mm. whether I'd want to take five to four against Felix Deji, who won a punch down last night despite jumping markedly left and just didn't jump at all. Um, and it was actually a great ride to be patient with him instead of just putting the gun to his head and saying, right, come on, we're getting our act together. Um, like, it's very hard to separate the two based on the form we've seen. Eugene has the potential. He could be an undersold type. He, he's he's a tearaway. Um, and but so is Felix Deji. It, it's a cracking race on paper. Um, if Black Ball was to show up as well, he wouldn't be a back number. They need to be kind of cracking on with him now. He's been talking horse the last couple of years, but he, he was good enough on his on his uh, chase debut last time. Um, and at seven to one, he'd probably be just each way play to kind of pick up the pieces if the two lads at the top of the market cut each other's cut each other's throats. It's going to be a tear up, all right, up front. I could totally get that. Um, yeah, fascinating contest. That's the Racing Post novice chase. What about the uh, the Forhe novice chase, the Matchbook Betting Exchange Forhe novice chase to give it the full title, Dave? Uh, Asterian Valange at a short price is not a horse that I'd want to be getting stuck into ever. No, that, that's the problem, Dean. You're right. The price is 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 hard to take. Pencil full of lead was very good the last day at Punchestown, beating uh, last exhibition, latest exhibition. Kurivi was good, and there's a bit of blue around for her on on an odd checker. Um, you'd imagine the rest won't go. I think that most of them have had other, other engagements or had pretty recent runs. Yeah, um, yeah. Asterian for launch though. It, this is his ideal track and trip. Um, he's going the right way around for his jumping. It's two and a half miles, which would be an intermediate trip, which I think will suit him. Fahim won this race last year. I, I'm struggling to get away from him, but I, I can't back him at seven to four. So I probably sit it out and then kick myself that I missed the boat um, when Asterian wins his one race that suits him all year before Punchestown. I can't back it at 7-4 with that field in front of me thinking that these lot might run. But the chances are Asterian for lunch takes on two horses and yeah. it could be could be one to two. And yeah. there's 7-4 look massive. So yeah. uh, I'm going there. I'd love to see Pensaful Aled and Cole Reeby both take on Asterian for lunch and at which point 
um, I wouldn't be worried about not getting the seven to four demo. Uh, yeah, I completely echo everything that uh, that Dave said there. I completely agree on it. Um, it's not a race I ever get too heavily involved in because this is going the right way for a steering falange. So he could just kind of belt away from them here. So it's a race that I'll wait till on the day. I really like pencil full of lead. Um, but I'll just kind of wait and see what way that the, the market speaking, etc. I would be looking to maybe take on a steering for launch, but I probably wouldn't go too heavy because he's the kind of horse I think that, that on his day like this now could just route a field by 25 lengths and then let you down next time, you know? Yeah, and there'd be a short price for something to tell them and people make the same mistake again when he tries to run off into the car park. And that's that's what a steering for launch is. But they're trained by Willie Mullins, so they could do anything. could completely uh, turn this horse inside out and make him a superstar. He certainly has the engine to do that. Uh, Dermot, I'm going to come to you first on probably one of the favourite races for the race out every year. We've tipped up about 19 horses for the Welsh National uh, in, in the usual run of things. Any horse that is not good enough to go for the very top chases is a Welsh National horse. And do you know what we've ended up with? A race our favourite in Secret Reprieve, who won the last day, is uh, is likely to go our favourite for this, Fairburn Williams. Uh, but the Welsh National, always a big highlight of the Christmas period, Dermot. Uh, well, you, must have, you must have a few thoughts. Yeah, we we we've picked about ninety horses who could go for this, and I don't think any of them are. Um, do you... There's another one there. Ramsey Patelli is there. I think is probably on the list. I think that one's made it, and Yala Enki's made it. I think Fiddler on the Roof will win this next year. But um, right. the um, it, it's a serious race. Secret Reprieve could just be well clear of these, and he could absolutely belt away and hammer them because he was really impressive last time. But the one question mark I have about that run last time was just that. A few of the horses in behind kind of didn't fire. Disha Abba hasn't looked the same horse, really. He's been pulled up now twice um, yes. because I think he was – I kind of fancied him on the day, really, and he he was – he went off 9-1. to one. He wasn't friendless at all, but he pulled up quite early in the contest. And then after that, then the two amigos chased him home, but, my God, that horse isn't up to Secret Reprieve. So, like, Secret Reprieve, he won that off 130 um he's now rated 143 and was to, he could still be absolutely throning could dance away with this you're you're talking about five to one here for a major race and the one that, that i've landed on here dean at um at 33 to one is a uh, big river who's been he's been unlucky really he's had an unlucky career is how you can put it i mean he was fifth in a welsh national in 2019 um when he was going really well um kind of lost his position but then kind of got going again and he was hampered really badly and made really good ground up but just couldn't get back the horses in front that was the kind of the first time that, that he he saw a really extreme trip he then went um to four miles at kempton or sorry at kelso in the scottish borders national handicap chase and he was traveling all over them and was brought down like was just very unlucky um at the 14th and since then, he's been running over that kind of three-mile one at Cheltenham, um, off this very same mark. He was fifth behind the conditional vindication in fourth. You know, that's um, as much as I don't like vindication for for grade ones. That's still very serious form. Um, K-Page behind them, Vintage Clouds behind them. All these kind of horses who are um, are decent horses were all behind them on that occasion. So I think a race like this is what he's always wanted a real extreme trip because he seems to find himself outpaced um, even over three miles one at Cheltenham so he'll get the three miles six and a bit at Chepstow everything else will be slowed down and he'll find it much easier he's been a very unlucky horse the two times that they have tilted him at these these kind of staying races he should have got closer in that uh, Scottish National 
it just didn't work out for him. The good ground wouldn't have really suited him either. Um, and then a Kelso on the right ground, he was traveling all over everything and uh, was brought down. So a mark of 141, he's 33 to 1 here. And I think um, they, this race and the Paddy Power, I like to have a kind of a long distance um, punt at it. And I think Big River is um, a ridiculous price if he does indeed go for it. But for a fiver, a fiver or a tenor win, Dean, you're not going kind of too far wrong if he doesn't turn up anyway. But um, this kind of race for Big River is what he's always wanted. He's been very unlucky so far. He's 10 years old, but he's not been overraced by any stretch of the imagination. And I think he is a cracking bet. Yeah, um, I like Big River in the context of this race. He will set off around the back and be uh, lightly enough uh, involved until it starts getting to the business end and then you can watch him come sailing through. Will he get to the front though, Dave, or do you have something else? Um, I, like Secret Reprieve is a horse I really like, but I, as Dermot said, like he can't back him a five to one. It's, it seems a mad price, really, um, mm. based on on his mark that he hasn't shown his ability. I wonder to if yet. he's a bit soft. You know, that he race be, yeah. kind of fallen his lap last yeah. day, and albeit uh, it's chaps though, but he's a bit soft. Yeah, and the race he won before he ran him before that we uh, backed him for when he fell. Um. He kind of got in between horses and hit a few fences and, and then just kind of yeah. threw the dummy out and, and then he got a dream ride the last day. Um, I, Sam Brown and um, Sam Brown is an interesting horse. He's a good novice. He was running all them good races last year. He could just be ahead of his mark. And Lamavir Pippen finished third behind Storm Control in a amateur race at Cheltenham in November in the November meeting I think and now we ran poorly since then Storm Control has franked that form and maybe just Tizard has been aiming him at this um, he's not a horse you trust he'd probably back him win only because um, he's similar to Secret Reprieve you can throw, throw the head in the air and dummy out and just follow the back of the telly but a 20 to 1 and 14 to 1 I think the two of them might have a chance it, it, the Welsh National it's it's something to have a bet and if you have had a good Stevens day or you're out in the beer with the lads or whatever like that and get stuck in then but it, 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 you wouldn't even know if it's going to be on on, on the 27th it could be on the 4th of January or something again you know it's happened in the past uh, yeah fair point uh, I, I think there's a knocking bet in here and uh, it's not secret proof but it is trained by Evan Williams and that's Prime Venture uh, tough as old boots chase a nine year old in super form who won um, the return there at Sedgefield um, three or four weeks ago and uh, it's you know, running behind Potter's Corner in this last year was an excellent run that day. I really thought they would go for um, the uh, three mile six of the four miler at Cheltenham. Instead, they went to the Utoxeter um, National and had no sort of run. And I think they were ready for that day and unfortunately didn't come off. So um, I'd be thinking Prime Venture was probably the long term tilt was to come back here, which makes a lot of sense. Things on a good mark. And it's, um, it's in the 2025 to one mark because they've got secret reprieve. Um, the other one I quite liked was uh, I thought Big River would, would run well under optimum conditions. And Yala Enki, who fell at the first entry last day, uh, is is obviously in the right race now for Paul Nichols. So um, fascinating race. That is the Welsh National, one of the favourites on here. And I do think Prime Venture uh, is, a, is a tidy enough bet. What about the other races on um, that day, chaps? Like said, the uh, well, Chacun Poussoir is out demo. We're not going to learn too much, maybe, unless Notebook can, uh, or Fakir Dadari's, uh, well, actually, I give him a bit more credit than that. Notebook, Fakir Dadari's Min, Cashback, Aplutar, put the kettle on is not going to go here, I would say. Um, but the Paddy Rewards Club chase, uh, is it Shaquan just to knock them all over or is something going to knock Shaquan over? I'd say they'd be devastated if Chakran Persuade was beaten. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, notebook 
is a good horse, uh, but he's a lot to kind of step up to get to to this level. I mean, Jack and Persuade is the favourite for the champion chase for an obvious reason. Uh, put Ketlon goes to Kempton on the 27th to take on Altior, which will actually be exactly, a yeah. very interesting contest. Um, so, yeah, no. Shacken wins, and he wins well. Dave, does Shacken uh, knock them all over in the Paddy Rewards Club chase? I think they're almost doing a bit harsh there on, on Notebook. Um, mm. If you take out his Cheltenham run last year, he's pretty much unbeaten as a novice, and uh, won at the Christmas Festival last year as a novice. He's probably the only horse. Fakir, I think, needs to step up and trip, but I think Notebook is the one to take Chakan on with, and 4-1 to one is more than fair. Um, you probably get even money without Chakan, um, or maybe a bit more odds against, um, which is probably the bet. Um, I, Chakan, while he's good, he's he's very fragile, um, and I wouldn't be taking short odds about him, to be honest. Big test of the... Um... The sustainability of Chacon Poussoir to come out and uh, and go in a hot race again, uh, so close to when we've we've seen him recently. So um, I'm excited about that race. I uh, don't know whether it'll be a punting contest, but hopefully, as something to properly test him. Um, any views on whether put the kettle on can put it up to Altior? As soon as you mentioned it, Demo. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could. I, I, it's well worth a tilt. It's actually very clever from connections. Hopefully, Altior does run. I'd say even if he has three legs, um, Nicky Henderson will run away. I think. And, he might um, want to but, this time. Yeah, he might want to. Yeah. <laughs> but um, put the kettle on. It's it's very clever because they get a very early uh, kind of vision now as to how far off Altior she is. You know, if she gets within three or four lengths of Altior, um, you have to go for a champion chase then because she could improve a lot for that. Or I tell them she, she just runs so well, so you'd have to have a crack. That's it. But then it if she's really soundly beaten and there's no excuses, there's there's the mare's chase to think about, plan, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. um I think it's very clever and um she's worth a few quid because we don't know where Altior resides at the moment. But kind of like Notebook, as much as I uh, respect Notebook an awful lot and as much as I really respect Put the Kettle on, we're still talking about two senior chasers who've proven themselves at that level in Chakin Persuade and Altior, especially Altior. And yeah. uh, the, the uh, novices have to improve an awful lot to to uh, reach that level, you know? Yeah, enterprising way to go about it would put the kettle on and I wish them well. Hopefully the pair of them uh, go to war uh, over the Christmas period. Um, Dave, you mentioned um, you know the lights of the Paddy Power Chase and the, the Welsh National being on the same day. Paddy Power Chase is a tricky one to solve, always. It is. Um, very tricky. I like doing it. it. It's wide open, as you'd expect. Minnetta times for the Bromhead. I think he needs a couple to come out. We think he's fourth on the ballot, mm-hmm. but he is pretty much unexposed over this trip. JP owned, which is what you want to tick. Um, fourteen to one. Henry trains him with good jumper. Has shown experience in big handicaps before. I think he takes a lot of boxes. And then Captain CJ, who ran so well behind Court Maid in the Porters Town, um, the last time at Navin, he's about twenty to one. He's he's definitely in if he's declared. And I think he come on again for that. I think they're they're both a couple of points too big and will probably be um they're bigger now than they will be on the day. Um yep. but it, it, it's it's really competitive. Um this on the ropes could be getting really like, you know, the favourite. Yep. yep. Exactly. And it's still it's a double figure price as well on the ropes, ten to one. Captain CJ is the one that interests me. I thought he just shaped so so well behind uh court made the last day and was running a, a huge race jumped out of the hands nice i think there's there's definitely a decent pot in that and it uh, could well be the paddy power chase uh Derma? yeah i think uh fitz henry um he's one of my other anti-post bets for this race he absolutely broke my heart last year when um 
when yeah. Jerry Hannon nearly had a heart attack with uh, with Roaring Ball. Roaring and, uh, <laughs> and uh, but Fitzhenry was the best horse in that race on the day. He travelled so well. He really smooth progress to take it up for Barry Garrity. Went on and then just completely idled up the run in. So he will need a different ride. Um, I'd obviously love to see Mark Walsh riding, but also if you could get the likes of um, of a Simon Torrens claiming uh, seven, et cetera, or five pounds off his back, um, it will yeah. be huge because he's only three pounds higher than for that run last season. He's had the same two kind of quiet enough runs, albeit last year he chased home Chris's dream, but this year he's had two quiet runs because of his mark. He's definitely been tilted at this race again. He's got experience. He, he goes well in these big fields. And for anyone that kind of might have a few doubts over this horse, of two pounds higher at Cheltenham, he ran in the Kim Weir. And I'd say if there's any ride that Paddy Mullins, who, who's a superb jockey, could get back, it would be Fitzhenry. This horse was so dramatically held up. It was absolutely crazy. And he stayed on from the last, but he just couldn't get to Milan Native and uh, Kilfillan Cross in front. But it was a serious effort. Really, really brilliant run in a big field again. So we know that he handles big fields. We know that he likes uh, Leperstown. He's only three pounds higher. Um, a claimer, I'd be delighted with it, but it, at the same time, I think Mark Walsh could end up picking this horse because of um, his mm. his clear credentials. And I wouldn't, people are going to say now, listening to this, that uh, Paul Nolan's horses are in really bad form. I don't know about you, Dean or Dave, but I'm never concerned massively with a small yard when their horses aren't going well. I mean, when you look at his runners over the last few weeks, he's had a seven to one shot finish second at, um, at Tremor. And apart from that, and his two runners at at Dundalk, which you never begrudge anyone for not having winners at, at Dundalk. They were, they were both still kind of close enough. He's had 150 to one shots, 80 to one shot, 50 to one shot, 50 to one, 25, 25, 80s, 50s and 50s. Um, so Paul Nolan not having winners is it doesn't concern me an awful lot. Latest exhibition has been running well. He's just probably not the scopiest over a fence. So Henry for me, in this race looks the really obvious one. I can't believe He's 20 to 1, and um, I think he's an absolutely, again, just like Big River, I have an each way double on the two of them, Dean, because, you know, we wouldn't mind going to a Barbados when we're allowed to fly again. And um, But I think yeah, that, why not? Fitz, Fitzhenry is one of the uh, the bets of Christmas. Very yeah. good. Um, yeah, strong case made. I wouldn't have any issue at all with the Paul Nolan form. I mean, find me a horse that he's fancied. There isn't many of them. Uh, latest exhibition, probably the last one, and ran a big race behind Pensful Lead, who might show that to be... Uh, super strong form so um yeah i think you're fine there and uh, fits henry a big shout uh for yourself i think dave and and me both like captain cj with a bit of manila times thrown in and there's still a, a pretty unexposed type right at the top of the market that paddy power chasing on the ropes going to be very uh a, a very tough race but an absolute feature no doubt over the christmas period a quick change of pace before we move on to the next day of the christmas racing and that is the paddy power future champion novices hurdle um I would have thought appreciating Bally Adam be a lot closer in the betting, Dave Weldon. I mean, five to four appreciated, four to one Bally Adam, uh, six is bar those two. Uh, explain that one to me. I, I can't really, to be honest. Um, I would, Bally Adam's achieved a lot more than appreciated. Um, appreciated one at Mickey Mouse, maiden hurdle at odds on. Um, yes, he was second champion bumper, but um, I, I, to be honest, there's far too much between them in the market. Um, the other one I liked in the race was uh, Galloping the Champs. I'd probably go somewhere else. I'd probably go to an easier target. I think it's entered in um, Limerick as well for a yeah, race. Like in Limerick, I'd say pick up something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he he's a good horse to take out of a back. I backed him at twenty to one to win or any race at Cheltenham, which is still available. And um, before mm-hmm. it was beaten the last day, um, it was it was mugged on the line. 
Um, but yeah, Barry Adam, like if you gave me four to one in a match, sorry, if you gave me two to one in a match against the Appreciated, I'll be back in Barry Adam. Um, so four to one is is, is a stonking bet. Seems big to me, Dave. Um, thank you, Derma. Yeah, do, do you think that the traders think he's not going to go because, like, after... the only thing I can think of that they yeah, just think it's appreciated his... rocking up and Bally Adam isn't rocking up. Yeah, because after his last run, Gordon Elliott said that Christmas or uh, Leopard Sound of Christmas seems the obvious next plan. And mm. um, Keith Dunhu on his bookmakers blog this week as well mentioned Christmas. Uh, he didn't seem anyway when I spoke to him. He, he didn't seem like the horse wasn't going to go. Um, so Bally Adam at four to one because that was a serious run last time. This horse. Is still improving and Stephen Cass deserves a mention here because he was the one that said appreciate it going forward he'd be looking to take him on I kind of had not lazily I, I won't put myself down like that but I just saw saw the run I just accepted it as face value and after uh, Stephen said that I went back and watched him he wasn't wrong I mean that jumping I wasn't mad about his jumping it was a terrible race so for Bally Adam to be four to one it just seems absolutely crazy and um if if the prices were like that on the day, because obviously four to one's not value enough, like, you know, if it's Henry or Big River, that you'd be taking sure. it this early. But you'd imagine that it, it'd be two to one, five to four, maybe on the day or, or whatever else, because Bally Adam is not going to go off that price if he does run. Um, I think he's a better horse than appreciated as well. He just didn't spend as much time in bumpers. So it's an absolutely crazy price. Um, and the one that I thought, if you really did kind of want an each way, um, an each way kind of play in this. I thought N'Golo ran well last time, uh, Dean, sure. behind, um, behind Bally Adam. He could be one to kind of to make up the play spot, but the, it, it would be between the front two and I fancy Bally Adam. Yeah. Um, I, I think we all agree there. Just maybe we're missing the trick <clears throat> in what will actually turn up and um, and set us up for that race. So, uh, yeah, four to one over the five to four. Appreciate it. looks big. Uh, that's those uh, future uh, novices. Uh, Leopardstown. Why don't we move on to the next day then? Because on the 28th, a uh, couple of cracking races on that Leopardstown card. Uh, the Leopardstown Christmas hurdle, Cider Berle against Ronald Pump, Fury Road, Bacardi's. Um, this is set up to be a real uh, stayers hurdle test for the horses that you know we weren't talking about in the long walk in terms of Paisley and Time Hill. Uh, the others are in this one, Derma. Yeah, this is a serious. Um race i had um i had i'm sorry the burley covered for the the stairs as we said on the uh the jumps podcast and he's a serious horse but i thought ronald pump shot an awful lot last time behind uh behind honeysuckle who of course we we uh we fantasize about constantly we we adore that horse um but ronald pump that was a huge run um i mean honeysuckle idled there's no doubt but still, when this horse, when it eventually hit top speed, hitting the uh, rising ground of Ferry House, he really stayed on. The time before that, he was very unlucky behind Sire de, de Burley. And I, I think with kind of Ronald Pump, because he was a big price last year in the stairs, I think he was ridden to get a place. And when he came to kind of to Lisnagar Oscar, he had to make up a lot of ground and just kind of flatten out a small bit. But he only went down by, by two lengths and Lisnagar Oscar had the run of that race. I think with a bit more confidence behind Ronald Pump that day, he could have won that that stairs hurdle. And you understand mm. why he was ridden for a place. I mean, this horse had, had yep. finished second in a pretense trial before that, really. So, you know, you completely understand why. But I think they have a better, they have a much better horse in their hands than maybe they thought they had. And Matthew Smith, like, as far as small trainers in Ireland who don't get enough praise, Matthew Smith is one of them. The job he does with every horse that he gets, but particularly this horse, to go from winning a handicap hurdle 
um, at, at Fairy House in 2019 to now being a stairs hurdle contender and uh, third favourite for the Christmas hurdle. I think he's a great bet here um, at four to one. I think Fury Road is really good, but I love Fury Road. I think he'll be a beast over fences. I'm just not sure how much of a dirty stayer that he is. And I think for hurdles races, you arguably nearly have to be a bit more of a stayer because of the speed they go. So I'd be happy enough to take him on, whilst not shocked had he won. But I think Ronald Pump inside of Burleigh, there's very little between them. So at double the price, I think Ronald Pump is the bet. Okay, Ronald Pump is the bet. And we know uh, Keith uh, obviously uh, loves this horse for trainer Matthew Smith on his bookmakers.co.uk blog. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating contest, Dave. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very interesting. I, I actually don't think I could split. So, like, sorry to Burleigh. For the last couple of years, all you think of with him is winning at Cheltenham. He doesn't win races coming up to it. Um, mm-hmm. For him to win at Navin over a short, trip too short was a serious performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if he is in the same vein of form, he'll take all the beating. Because French Dynamite looks a two-and-a-half-mile horse. Ronald Pump, I would say, would, would need a serious step up um, to beat Sire de Burley. Beacon Edge maybe could be the one at a price that could run into a place, but he's been beaten out the door by a couple of good horses before um, and doesn't look up to this level. Like and Then you've Bacardi's and Bacchuson and all that who are who are well exposed at this stage. Sorry to Burley, now that they're aiming for the top level, um, I know it's it's not unoriginal because he's 9-4-5, but mm-hmm. I see it very hard to see him beat. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think there's an angle with Bacardi's that will run uh, somewhere. It'll, it'll run to a number that something has to run to beat it. And I think that will be in the mix. don't know if there's a lot in the, in the win angle, but I might be back in Bacardi's place in that contest. Um, I think he's, he's set a decent enough standard. And it's a deep, deep field. We're all excited about the front two stepping up and, uh, and Fury Road indeed to be uh, better than currently they are rated. But I think Bacardi's just going to run exactly to where they are currently. And so I think that's going to be, I think there's an angle in there. Um, it looks a fascinating race, that, that 150 at Leperstown on the 28th. That's the three-mile Leperstown Christmas hurdle. Uh, on the same day is the Savills, the steeplechase there. Um, yeah, This is like the Irish Gold Cup, Dave. Um, I thought Delta Wet would be a standard dish for this. It's not favourite. It's 5-1 to one because we've seen presenting Percy bounce back for Gordon Elliott and looks like a big contender now on the big stage again. And Manila Indo. Uh, family de Bromhead, those three will be at the top, and Ken Boy, who's got something to prove a little bit, and and then below that, you know, the likes of Aplutan, Melon, Storyteller, we we kind of know their level. I'd um, be surprised if Sam Crow runs. Uh, broke there, lads. Just just so you know, it's uh, just broken that uh, Champ isn't running. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even mention it, so I don't think you should be surprised. See you red on odds checker already. Before. Yeah, yeah. Red. Jeez. Yeah. Off you go, Dave. Um, it's a cracking race. Um, Manella Indo. Uh, I don't know whether I. I can't figure out the prices. I don't know what what, what traders have priced these up. But Manella Indo two to one percent person nine to two and Delta Work five to one. The price just seemed wrong. I would have a three to one the field, seven to two the field. Um, Storyteller's fine horse. Camboy, as you said, needs to step up. Uh, I take a chance on Dell to work. I think this is his this is his actual Gold Cup. Um, yeah, I agree. And the way Gordon Eddie is flying at the the trainer's title this year, um, I don't think he'd be leaving this behind. He now he was very disappointing the last day down road. I know he needs his first run, but he 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 was very very bad. Um, 
and five to one just gives you it gives you that little leeway you can have an each way go with them. Um, because I, I can't see him out the tree like this race. Um, Gigginstown have had a horse in it the last few years, and Gordon as well. Outlander used to run a screamer in this every year. It just suits certain horses, and I think Delta Work falls into that category. Um, he's so he's very highly rated. He didn't run too bad when you take into account the fact that Jack gets on so well with him, and Mark Walsh was taking over in the Gold Cup last year itself. He just didn't jump well enough. You get a better sight around here. We've ridden a bit more forceful, I think. Um, and a five to one, I can't see past him with, with slight trepidation. Yeah, I, I get there is slight trepidation, but he needs that run. And this, I think, would have been his first proper target. Um, Damo, for me, Delta Work looks a cracking price. Now, maybe the markets haven't fully reacted uh, to the to the news regarding Champ, but Delta Work um, would be my pick in the race for all the reasons that I think this is the race they're aiming him at. And then it will be all about Cheltenham again. I can't disagree with anything that um, Dave said there because he wasn't overly harsh on any horse or anything else. It's just uh, Delta Work, again, is that consistent kind of Clandazovo type at, at Leperstown where he, he hits a high level and other horses have to get above it. I'm not convinced presenting Percy. I'd actually have him in a Ryanair. I'm not convinced how much of a stayer he actually is. Um, I know he won an RSA, but I'm still convinced that Album Photo would have caught him that day. Um, and Album Photo has, has kind of backed that up as more of it since. Um, but yeah. but um, I think Manella Indo is 7-4 to four now with the news that Champ has come out. And I think he's that price because of the fact that he's the best horse in the race. And I think mm-hmm. that um, the it has to be remembered that the RSA last year was his third ever uh, run over fences. And this horse hasn't had all, all that many runs. I mean... Or, over hurdles, he went into um, he went into Wendy Albert Bartlett off the back of two runs, and then he beat uh, Commander of Fleet, who I know has lost his way a bit, but he's he was a very good horse back then. And then he beat Alaho, and then he went out over fences, um, wasn't tuned up the first day at all, went beaten by Lorena, and then he beat Captain CJ on the second behind Champ, and that was I'm still heartbroken about that. But he was caught that day, I think, by experience because I. I implore everyone to watch back that RSA and watch when Champ goes by Manella Indo. Manelino picks up again quite um, eye-catchingly, and it was just too too late in the day. I, I'm still half convinced that had he met the last fence right and Champ had actually got to him a bit quicker, it would have been a lot more of a battle because he actually makes inroads again very quickly. So Manelino has had two runs this season already. I, I mean, that's that's 66% of the total runs that he had last season. He's clearly in a much better place. I think this horse wins this race and then goes on to win the Gold Cup. And I know we're moving on to the Madison Hurdle in a small while. I think the Manella Indo and uh, St. Wad double is one of the, the bets over Christmas. And then if you throw in old, old Chak and Persuad, you're nearly looking at a 10-1 a ten, a ten treble. And I think that's uh, that's one of the, the good anti-post bets to do. Dave. All sounds far too simple. Um, that does. And I don't fancy Manella Indo, so I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's that straightforward. Um <laughs> yeah, but why not? I mean, Manella Indo is uh, is a cracking horse. Henry has got him um, in obviously the right race for this. I'm just thinking that Delta Work is uh, going to deliver once more here before maybe disappointing again um, later in the spring. But um, yeah, yeah it great has race. To be said as well. Go on. It has to be has to be said as well, Dean. That um, uh, there's a case now, a very strong case to make that Delta Work doesn't like undulating tracks because down Royal and Cheltenham, he just hasn't ran well there. Yep. So th- there is there is a complete case made for that because all his best runs come here at Leprechaun. So I don't disagree with the price. I just think that uh, Indo is a better horse. Yep, and that's totally fair uh, to have that view. Um, we were going to look at the um, the following days, um, Neville's Hotels, Novice Steeplechase, which is like a Giggins Town benefit 
generally loads of them in there and there is lots of them in there um not really sure what we're going to see in this race um potentially could be a great field but possibly uh, it won't be that hot hard to know dave i, th- I think monkfish runs there dean um okay. and if he does well, you'll that, take gives it, weekend, obviously. that gives it a star yeah of course yeah yeah um, and if it did, if it did run, uh, you'd imagine it would win based on what we saw the last day. Yeah, like looking at the entries now at the moment, we have like you could see William Mullins taking all the three um, Grade One novices that are over Christmas. Um, usually, me and Ethereum for launch and Monkfish. Uh, I, I might have a little tricksy on that myself, but um, without knowing the price on, on Monkfish, it's hard to to say that you'd recommend them as a bet because he, he could be potentially very very short. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair enough to to gloss over that and, and just wait to see. But what I will say is that Monkfish has been uh, been super exciting in what we've seen so far, and hopefully um, that'll be where we see Monkfish go next. And if the likes of the latest exhibition were to turn up, or an Andy Dufresne or something like that take it on, uh, we've got a cracking Grade One there. Um, why don't we have a quick chat then about the final race we're going to talk about over the Christmas period, which is that Matheson Hurdle. Uh, the two-mile contest at Leopardstown on the 29th. Um, my view, I think I was saying this off air, is that Sapwire is like 7-4, 6-4, and you can put as much money as, on as you want on that horse, and you will get it all back with uh, with a nice return on the 29th of December. Is that fair, Derma? Uh Yeah, of course it is, Dean. I mean, he was the best horse. <laughs> he was the best horse in that race last time. Um, Abacadabras had, had, had stepped forward from the, the, the beating behind Aspire Tower and Abercadabras the the pace of that race just just wouldn't have suited him. But Abercadabras again just just he found himself in the perfect position and he did battle well to the line to to win that day. But Saint Wall, I mean even Keith, who's a big fan of um Abercadabra said in his blog now twice actually now he said that Saint Wall was the one to take out and that when you actually watch that race back, um Abercadabras and Keith on course sublime, they they keep Saint Wall in. That's 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 part of race riding and they did it. Yeah. Um, so Saint Wall a seven to four. If you got the eight, um, you could you could have a small play on on Course Sublime maybe to, to kind of hit the places. He, he seems to improved a bit for Gerard O'Loughlin and come with it last um, against Abergadabras. He, he actually looked like the the shock of shocks was going to come off before he got tired. And it's not this isn't putting down Gerard O'Loughlin because he's a superb trainer. But a horse like Course Sublime will only get fitter for his runs there because. You know, Gorod's not going to have the same horses that Gordon has for a uh, course of line to to work with. So yeah. you imagine you take... need to work it with the Range Rover on the M50 or something to try and get get something to go as quick as course of line can go at home. That's it. And um, he he just keeps saying that he would just love one day for this horse just to bring to the track what he does at home because you know Gordon was raving about this horse before as well. Um, yeah. he, he just. He could be one of them. Remember Gangster years ago as well. They were all raving about him working with Vitor one morning and beating him. And he never did it once in the track. So, course of line, he could be that. But just a 33 to 1 or so, you could see an angle as to why you'd have an each-way play on course of line. But just from a win point of view, Dean, I think uh, St. Waugh is... Uh, he, he's a really viable challenger to Epitant, and I hope he goes on and does it now. But Aspire Tower, who, of course, Stephen Cass put up on this podcast at huge odds um, for the champion hurdle he's still interesting he um he didn't give his running at Cheltenham last year so this is a deeper race than we've maybe been used to um but I just think uh, St. Wall would just be a bit too good for them all yep it's your last chance to get anything like seven eight to one for a champion hurdle for St. Wall in my view Dave Weldon yeah uh, I've fact him already so I'm happy enough to, to watch this race uh all I hope for this race is that we get a proper end-to-end gallop None of them have any excuses, and we can see who the best horse is, and then it's all roads to march. Um, 
if I was to have a betting race, I'd probably back the outsider of um, the first four in the market, whatever runs. Um, I don't really have any. It's not. There's, I don't think there's much between any of the horses, really. Um, Honeysuckle oh, is the best. Is. There is. There is. Yeah, but there's not at the moment, Dean. We haven't seen it yet. So, um, <laughs> like, Abba didn't get enough credit for, for the yeah. win. Um, St. Ra had a lot of things go wrong, so there's excuses there. Aspire Terrace, probably not getting the credit for his win in WKD Hurdle, first time yeah. back up. I haven't soured um, towards after Christmas last year, after the fall. And Honeysuckle comes out as the best horse on, on ratings um, with the weight for age allowance. Name song for someone who I think Tom Simmons said they're going to come over. Um, hopefully they do, and hopefully the HRI roll out the red carpet for them because Irish racing needs more English runners um, in their big races to, to pad out the fields a little bit, and it kind of brings the eye away from Cheltenham as well. Um, maybe charge your run, use your runs in this race. Probably won't be good enough. Um, we need a couple of runs to get going. And Concertista was, was super the last day. Um, she would have a say in the race as well. So it's a cracking race on paper. I, I couldn't recommend the best at the moment. I just hope it's an end-to-end gallop and, and we see the best horse win. Yeah, you know I mean, we're priced, not going to... Do you know who's priced like he's running, though, is um, Saldir is priced like yeah. he's running. Um, yes, he is. Um, so if Saldir turns up, my opinion on the race completely changes. Um, but it, it's just, as I said before, the, the, the poor horse... Is clearly made a wee bit because that performance last year and his form at Espart Allen, um, Saldir, it would be a serious champion hurdle contender if they could get any sort of a run out of him because this horse is so talented. He, he's just mm. brilliant. And that win in the grade one, a punchdown festival as a juvenile, he hammered a field at big odds and then obviously was uh, was giving Espart Allen as good as he got before he came down. And um, he just had a bad injury after that. And he just hasn't been right since because that Morgana win last year was just brilliant. Um, so if he could come back, we, it, it would really make this into a, a savage trial, as Dave said. It's a very deep race, but uh, I'd be waiting on the day. If, if Saldier runs, Dean, I'd probably be flipping from St. Waugh to him at these odds. But uh, St. Waugh is, uh, as I said, of the ones that we know will definitely be, be going by an accident. St. Waugh is the main contender as we speak to, um, to Epitant. I hope for the sake of your wallet, that doesn't happen, Demo. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm reasonably confident that Santwell will come out on top uh, in this in this race. Really looking forward to it. Uh, it does seem like we're not going to see Honeysuckle uh, this in, in this contest, obviously, um, which would add a whole new dimension to the whole thing. But um, yeah, Santwell uh, will win, and uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to. To finish wrapping up Christmas racing on that note, uh, save the best for last. Um, why don't we get a best, uh, uh, you know, best bet of the Christmas period? We did our weekend naps in the first part, so uh, give me something that um, I mean, we've all mentioned a couple as we've gone through. But Dave, you have to hang your hat on one. Um, I'll give you three first for the handicaps that I've uh, had a look at. So Leperstown on twenty six, Timoteau to two fifty. Um, he was well back the last day. Gordon Elliott, I think he probably is better than what he showed that day. And envious editor for Gordon Elliott as well in the 140. Um, has a good progressive profile. Left Jessica Harrington to go to, to Gordon. So I'd be hopeful he'd get his head in front at some stage. And then on the 27th and the 220 at Everstown, you raised me up for Martin Brazel. One has made in hurdle the stall recently. And now goes into handicap hurdle, so he, he should have a good chance. As regards a nap, um, I'm going to do the Sham Blue and sorry the Burley double. Lovely, two two for the price of one. Very good demo. 
Uh, yeah, in that same race that Dave mentioned there, the uh, 250 at Leperstown on uh, St. Stephen's Day, um, Henry de Bromet has a brilliant record in this race, and he always seems to uh, target it. Uh, as our listeners will know, I think Henry de Bromet is probably my, my favourite trainer, just, just for what he gets out of these horses. And yeah. um, obviously, this is a novice uh, chase, so it's um, always, or sorry, it's a handicap chase, so it's always good to, to follow his horses when they go over fences. But Papong, uh, P-O-P-O-N-G, it's uh, Papong, obviously. Uh, this horse uh, beat rapid response um, on his first start over fences. Um, he then went on and finished fourth behind um, or sorry, she went on to finish fourth behind um, Zarakeva, which is his strong form. And she just kind of never, she just didn't finish well that day. But last time out, she was um, second behind Carl Reavy. That was, that was a huge run because she wasn't really fancy. She was, she was a big price that day. And the horse that was probably going to finish second ahead of her, uh, Phil Dudery, has just gone on to win today at, um, at Navin. And the first horse is smart. Back in fourth was um, was Datsy, and in third was the big dog, who's a good horse himself as well. Um, and Vila Toy, who's uh, a real hipster horse of um, or Vita Loy, sorry, of uh, of William Mullins was uh, back in fifth. So Papong will run and will be running off a low enough mark. And just with how Henry de Bromhead kind of targets this race, is in eleven four at the moment. That'll probably go up. But Papong, for how strong that last run has actually turned out to be. Um, could could go off at a decent price there, and and really could be could be one to to catch maybe on on a going day, and one who could go off at a big price as well in the novice handicap hurdle at Leperstown on St Stephen's Day in the one forty is um, a horse of Matthew Smith's called um, One Cool Poet, who's um, again as I said big big fan of this trainer and One Cool Poet. He's a smart horse on his day, and he's he's um, he's knocked up a massive sequence on the flat and he'll get in here off a decent enough mark um to run obviously and he's in a, a 10 stone tree he'll need a few to come out um naturally ahead of him there's there's a load in ahead of him but that could happen as horses kind of veer off so if one cool poet runs in the 140 on Stevens day but papong in the 250 when that race is priced up i will be having a go there as far as the nap goes dean we may as well go for it all together and uh fitz henry who i think would definitely run in the paddy power gold cup would be my uh my nap of of christmas at 20 to 1 very nice. 27th, 20 to 1, Fitzhenry, and a couple of left field um, selections on the supporting cards there as well from uh, Dermo. Uh, saint is um, is going to win the uh, the Madison Hurdle, so if you need a nap, you can go there. But something at a bit of a sexier price. And then, of course, the Welsh National, our favourite race on the race hour uh, for, for dropping uh, horses' careers into. Uh, Prime Venture, I think, is a knocking bet at 20 to 1, and one that you can get uh, stuck into after you've finished getting stuck into your turkey. Um, I want to wish everyone a very uh, Merry Christmas and um, in advance of our return in the new year, Happy New Year. Uh, thank you to Dermot Nolan, uh, to Dave Weldon, and uh, to all our listeners. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, we'll see you after uh, all the fun is uh, done and dusted. All the very best. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.